0: Hello and welcome to our global S&OP community weekly podcast. Brought to you by Ahmed Khalid and Ahmed Al Hamamsi from Middle East. Our global S&OP community podcast mission is to build a global community from supply chain, marketing, trade marketing, sales and finance all over the world, where everyone's voice could be heard and listened. Every week, we host a new episode with great thought leader in the S and OP industry. We believe that one word, one story, or one conversation could open up the light in the screen of your consciousness and you'll never be the same again. We discuss hot and trending topics with our subject matter experts by asking the right questions that uncover their valuable experience in our show. You can visit our website AHMEDKHALED Co. Stay tuned every week with our global S and OP community podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all those beautiful people who are listening and watching us right now. Welcome to another new episode with a new topic and a great thought leader with our global S&OP community podcast. In case if it's the first time for you uh, that tuned in for our podcast, my name is Ahmed Khalid, and I am your host for global S&OP community show. May I ask you, and as usual, Uh, Can you please drop in the comment below where are you from from so I can send you some greetings for your country. Uh, Our mission is building a global S&OP community uh, from supply chain, marketing, trade marketing, sales and finance all over the world. And our aim is that everyone's voice could be heard and listened because your voice should be heard and listened. That's why we dedicated our podcast just to you and you can ask live questions to our subject matter experts on the spot and you get the answer on the spot because your voice again is matter for our community and we need you with us we need your experience we need your stories and we need your knowledge what can we guarantee you right now that the knowledge that you will have in our podcast is a knowledge that you'll never find in books and uh, today's topic one of the questions that came into my mind before this episode uh, even what would be the benefit of building a company with a robust process inventory management replenishment models order to cash cycle uh, maybe sourcing strategies demand management and even the sales operational planning what is the benefit from all of this i want you to think a little bit with me about this question a lot a lot of companies and uh, all of these complex networks and systems from the first tiers of the supplier uh, at the upstream side till the end customer at the downstream side should serve one thing, only one thing, which is the product availability. And let me think with you, if the product is not available in the right place, on the right time, what will happen? How come that the, 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 the consumer will buy it if it's not available? What if this product is not available on shelf? It means that no sales, right? And if there are no sales, it means that there is no profit. And if there is no profit, then how come you will be able to bear all the costs of of doing business? How you will be able to pay for your overheads? How you will bear all the uh, the expenses without securing all the products on shelf? That's why On Shelf Availability or OSA will be our main topic today. And this topic is one of the most ignored topics specifically for consumer goods, industries and commodities. Unfortunately, you will find that most companies, they are focusing on the secondary sales from the distributor till the retailer, and they lose the main focus, which is at their territory sales, which is from the retailer to the shopper. OSA is not an easy topic. But we promise you that we are going to cover the majority of this topic today. And today we have a very special guest. He is very special guest and he is very special even to myself as well. He is a true leader, not only in the supply chain, but also in life. Our guest today is Ahmad Hassanin. So Ahmad Hassanin, he is a supply chain professional. He has over 25 years of experience in the supply chain and business. He played a major roles in, in the supply chain inside one of the biggest multinational FMCG companies, which is Unilever. He played the, it from the make, source, deliver, plan, and return. He played the role of a factory manager, supply planning manager, customer service, and logistics manager. His way of managing uh, challenges were very remarkable. He used to teach CPIM to students and inspire them to leverage their career inside supply chain to the next level. Ahmad Hassanin is also a great speaker who speaks to inspire others. Ahmad Hassanin is currently the supply chain director of Lamar Egypt. He established a supply chain strategy end-to-end to to fulfill the business imperatives. May I ask you please, please, if you can, welcome with me, Ahmad Hassanin. (laughs) let me firstly thank you twice the first one because you accepted my humble invitation for our podcast and i know that you are very busy those days in implementing supply chain strategy the second one because of the support that you provide me whether it's in my career and even in my life i'm pleased to host you today uh, because i do remember all what you have done with me and uh, Really, I'm so grateful for, for everything.
1: Thank you, Ahmed, very much. Yani, it's very, very too much to me to hear all of this yani, uh, <laughs> introduction for me. I, I do not deserve all of this, uh, really. Uh, if I was successful, this uh, due to a people like you that are eager to deliver, are eager to work, are eager to share knowledge and so on. So thank you very much for this invitation today. I'm very excited to share whatever I had. Uh, top of mind from my past, my future, and everything will be available for today. One hour, inshallah. Thank you very much.
0: It's a pleasure, and we will have a lot of fun because it's an interesting topic, Ahmed. Uh, if you just, uh, Ahmed, we can jump into our uh, audience because we have many audience today. <laughs> I can see yeah. our friend Sharmila. Hello, everyone. Great to see Sharmila. Thank you so much. The king, for sure, Muhammad Al Anwar. Anwar. <laughs> Great to see you, Anwar. Thank you so much for being here. Our friend uh, Khuloud Nabil from Egypt. Great to see you. Thank you for tuning in. Our friend Panda Sarika from India. Thank you so much for being here today, uh, Panda. Our great friend Hassan Al Hello. Great to see you, Hassan. Thank you so
1: much.
0: Welcome, for... <laughs> Hassan. Thank you for tuning in. Yes. Uh, we have Raymond, Salam alaikum from England. Great to see you, my brother. Thank you so much. Our friend, uh, Abdel Salam Salim. Uh, welcome, inspiring brother. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you. Our, for sure, my great co host, Ahmad Al Hamamsi. Hello to all amazing people watching our podcast and our beautiful guest. We are waiting for you, Ahmad, next week. Inshallah, for, uh, for, for our podcast. Our friend, uh, Al Yavir saying, there is an opportunity. As far. thank you so much for tuning in. So Ahmed, we'll come back for sure to our audience after after this one. But Ahmed, just let's start by our lovely topic, which is we spoke about OSA. Why? What OSA? is OSA? Well, this is this is what I want to know. <laughs> what is OSA, and why do we need to measure OSA?
1: Look, Ahmed, your question. Yani, uh... Very touching actually for me, <laughs> the topic is, is very specific and, um, it's not well known to everyone, the importance of measuring this kind of measures, uh, at the end of the business. If you're talking about OSA, everyone knows OSA is an abbreviation for on-shelf availability. So we're talking now about the shelf itself. So what is the return from all the effort that we're doing in our companies? even we are in a large scale company like the multinationals uh, as Unilever, for example, and the local businesses and the entrepreneur uh, startup that are growing, all these efforts for all the people that are progressing and the work to be done and jobs to be done, investment, everything is done. And at the end, you do all of that to have this product on shelf for a customer Mm. or shopper or a consumer to come and pick it up from the shelf and pay the money that all our wages and salaries will be paid <laughs> afterwards. So USA, as I mentioned, is a measure to measure the availability of the product in the place as expected by the shopper at the right time that the shopper expect to find this product mm-hmm. at the shelf. That's a very simple definition that will yeah, kill it till the end to be in place as expected not as internally we expect for example <laughs> because sometimes yeah and, and, and forgive me for this kind of talks i'll talk from my previous experience. please please feel free yeah as we agreed uh, knowledge that will not knowledge you not find in books the book. <laughs> so usually we think internally in, in the company so so we are thinking about the shelf from our point of view while Mm -hmm. the consumer or the shopper look at the shelf from different point of view. I'll give you some examples. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you go to Carrefour, for example, or uh, uh, a big retailers looking for um, a bottle of drink or juice or milk or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you go for the big banner that is written on it, dairy products, for example, Mm -hmm. and you go to the shelf to find your product. And you find that some companies are doing discounts, for example, at some time and some other companies they are not doing a discount. So if you are not that loyal and you are looking for a value for money and at the end it's a commodity and so on. So definitely the majority of the shoppers will go for the discounted product and mm-hmm. you leave the non-discounted. If you keep asking, and I did it by myself, by the way, I found mm-hmm. that some companies that are not discounted on this specific shelf, they have a discount on another shelf in the other part of the store. (laughs) So from internal perspective, you deliver the discounted product to the store. And Mm -hmm. at the end, it is not existing in the right place as expected by the consumer. And you lose all the effort has been done by all the company Mm -hmm. and another one will win and will take the profit that's a quick brief for on-shelf available
0: yeah i I like what you said because you open some topic which is the 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 execution when it comes to we plan too much and we have this kind of planning we're talking about promotions and we have this kind of promotions on 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 store when it comes to reality if this plan is not executed well you'll not be able to have a sellout or territory sales this is something that that most people they don't focus on they they plan too much but when it comes to execution, they don't understand was it executed in the right way or not. This is something that most companies they they even ignore it. Even as you said, that most organization multinational companies they ignore this topic, which is the first point of the supply chain. When it comes that if your products are not in on shelf in the right place with the right assortment, you will not be able to trigger the whole replenishment for that from up from downstream till the upstream. And this, this is something that we have to, to take into consideration, which is very important in that point, for sure.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. So, w- can we come back to our audience again? Please. We have our, uh, our friend, Amr al Husseini. <laughs> <we are>. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. Man. Thank you so much. Uh, Hassan Gimia is saying, hello, Ahmed al Hamamsi. Thank you, welcome. Hassan, again. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Muhammad Saif, no and again. Can you uh, see? <laughs> Mohammed Saif is one of uh,
1: the planners that are working together
0: these days. Wow, great thank great to see you, Muhammad. Muhammad. Thank you so much. You. Our friend, uh, Muhammad Mahmoud Badr, welcome, Hassanin. Thank, thank you I so heard much heard. for tuning in. Our friend, for sure, special friend, Islam and oh. Happy to see you, Hassaneem. So <laughs> ah, thank, thank, thank you so much. Our friend also, uh, Panda, thanks for your support. Great to see you. Thank you again. Our lovely friend, uh, uh, Sharif Basuni. fantastic topic. Thank you so much again, guys, for tuning in. We'll jump into just feel free to ask whatever question in in, in your mind to Ahmad Hassanin. We have a great topic today, so don't be shy. Ask whatever question into your mind we will jump into your question once we uh, we saw it. So the second one, second question, Hassanin, which is how can we calculate on-shelf availability?
1: Book Ahmad, yani, uh, if I look back to my history, I, I've seen in the market different ways of measuring uh, on-shelf availability and not all of them actually will find them in the books, really. So, <laughs> if you go to the books, you'll find that on-shelf availability should be measured as the number of facing, for example, multiplied hmm. by the, the number of rows or the, the products behind each facing. So you, you will provide the shelf capacity And accordingly, you will calculate how much is fulfilled and how much is not. Accordingly, you will come out with a percentage of on-shelf availability. This is the standard way, but actually practically on-ground, it's not that easy to to do all of these activities on the shelf. (laughs) Uh, You need uh, intensive labors to cover all of these shelves across the region and the countries that are running. Uh, You want to stop the store <laughs> to calculate and the depths and so on, so there is another way that people use it. That okay, I have an assortment list. This assortment list there is some SQs that the company uh, are listing them to be audited, and then one of our merchandisers or a third party, for example go and audit in a frequent manner that is agreed with the company because according to the number of visits and uh, the number of stores to be visits and number of visits per week will be paid so accordingly he he will check the shelf according to this uh, assortment list and write what is existing and what is not even if it is one pack for example Mm -hmm. this is easy one to be done another way is to have a planogram previously designed by the company and this part have uh, uh, another dimension, which is a qualitative part of, from the measure, that there is a pre-designed planogram designed by the marketing side. Mm-hmm. And the guy go and check the assortment list if it is existing on shelf yes or no, and calculate a percentage from the number of items from the assortment list which is existing even if, if it is one single pack. And there is another part He will describe if the planogram is fulfilled as per the design or no. Mm-hmm. So this gives both the qualitative and quantitative measure for on-shelf availability. These are the traditional ways that used to be done <laughs> or I have seen in my history. Nowadays, there is a, a huge revolution and evolution that already started in the developed countries uh, according to uh, several mega or, or uh, big chains for retailers in Europe and USA and so
0: on. Great one. I think Ahmed Kabil Ahmed he asked a great question.
1: Ahmed <laughs> Kabil
0: <laughs> Ahmed Qabil, yeah. <laughs> he, great to see you firstly, Ahmed Kabil. thank you for tuning in. He's asking how many frequent, uh, frequent per day we should measure also for our retail chains? I think it's a very interesting Ahmed. question.
1: <laughs> i agree but there is no uh, model answer for that Ahmed, because this measurement is an investment and investment you will pay money and effort and time to measure uh, this uh, kpi so accordingly according to your profile your, to your company profile the investment that the company will budget for this measure you will decide the frequency but actually what i've seen in the in my history it could be once or twice or three times a week for example mm. and it should be scheduled across the day yani not every time to go and measure at 2 pm for example the same store because mm. this uh, time clock will differ uh, from time to time from day to day and you need to go through all the days of the week and so on to come out with a specific average that can be representing the whole data for the week
0: Yeah, Uh, I think Ahmad, he he opened also a great topic, which is measuring measuring all of that. I think one of the challenges in measuring all of this and integrating, if I'm talking about the on-shelf availability and connecting it with uh, the service level for the company, of uh, the secondary service level from the company, it's all about... uh, how you can actualize the data in the real time which is something very 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 it's you know if you have on shelf availability at a specific time and reading was not on the, on the right time when you uh, collect all of your data for secondary uh, service level from the company itself you will be always annihilated because it, the accuracy of data will not give you the right direction because sometimes Agreed. i see osa yeah osa osa yeah, yeah. it's 100
1: and yeah i agree sure. and that's why uh, what I found that in, uh, in developed countries, uh, uh, the big chains like Walmart and uh, uh, Tesco uh, are, are now discussing real-time measurements, even several years back, and started mm. to be implemented. For example, Walmart launched um, an article about an opportunity of $3 billion uh, mm. in out-of-stock as an opportunity. We mm. fixed this out-of-stock, the out-of-shelf the out that they have. They can bring mm. an opportunity of $3 billion Uh, Mm. sales so Mm. they are doing a great job these days I've I've been read about real time they need Mm. the accuracy and the signal Mm. to come to their company in real time that's why there is a lot of initiatives that started uh, after the uh, evolution of the digital technology and so on nowadays Mm. there is a, a smart cams that detect the planogram on the shelf and give the signal to the store manager and could be linked even the software to the ERP system to brag, to bring the product missing from the backstore or even integrate the yeah. CRP system with the supplier, uh, through VMI vendor managed inventory. So it's very important, as you mentioned, to have the real time, alive, life and accurate data to react accordingly. But at the same time, from our experience, this at the end, of an investment that need to be calculated yeah. and should be measured from financial point of view. Yes. So, ROI will define at the end. Should I read it manual? Should I uh, uh, recruit someone? Should I book a third party? Should I have uh, a digital interface and smart cam or RF uh, ID or QR scanner with an application? All of these initiatives, like digital initiatives that started now for the real time, already started. I mean, nothing new in, in Europe and US, but at the end, you need to they assess according to your financial... Exactly, plan.
0: exactly. You mentioned something, Ahmed, before our our episode. You told me something that I will never forget, that most organizations, that they they invest too much. They, they are willing to invest too much on uh, digitalization or camera or third party. They, they are willing to invest in all of this. And they, they ignore one thing. One, one of the whole chain, which is the customer and I, I still do remember that 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 it, it's in my mind because it rings a bell which is that uh, most organizations that they, they don't have this kind of crm customer relationship management in the right way they feel that the customer is opposing them they maybe they sometimes they have their calculation of OSA and their service level and also the customer is having another uh, calculation and there is a big difference between between all of them and they come into a quarrel and battle instead of doing just investment understanding all of that what do you think tell me tell me your experience in that
1: <laughs> okay so i remember now uh, <laughs> i was in a meeting with one of uh, the big um, uh, retailer uh, in egypt uh, family uh, chain uh, very well known and he's the most senior person that and we were in a collaborative meeting to discuss the next year plans and uh, what will be introduced from our company for the shelf for the next year and so on. And um, he started to ask me, um, how long will you continue in your job? So <laughs> I will... guy is <laughs> <laughs> very humble, by the way, and uh, down to earth and uh, speak loudly and freely in a very open manner. So I asked why and he told me every or three years or even one year there is someone that come to this meeting and uh, stay in your place and start to say the uh, the, 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 issue, the 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 solution that they are provided to us but nothing happened so I started to think about it and this was shocking to me too by the way because mm-hmm. I was speaking about jobs to be done that I'm gonna work on it and I'm entitled mm-hmm. and in the place to, to to develop a plan for it and I have the tools and everything but at the end, what grabs you back when you return mm-hmm. back to your office that you have a lot of duties that is bringing you back internally. Mm-hmm. So you you are keep sliding far from the customer while it should mm-hmm. be the other way around. Yeah. So for example, we met the guy twice twice a year. To providing the future plan and so on and mm-hmm. in the beginning of year there is a plan end of the year there is a what went well what went wrong and we'll dip into details about logistics and uh, ordering and uh, out of stock and so on well sh- this shouldn't be like that we need to plan together and we need to have mm-hmm. a team a, a partner team that working day to day together yeah. if it is so important to us that we need to have a meeting and to present them our our portfolio for the next year. So it's more than enough to have a combined team that is working every day together, for example. Yeah. So that's why I was speaking to you before the the live that we are too intrinsic where uh, uh, you need at the end satisfy someone who is extrinsic the, the customer
0: at the end. Yeah, yeah. And I like what you said because you told me that that the only one who is really have the same benefit as you is not only the vendor that you will buy a camera from is not only the 3pl who you uh, you he, uh, he will have his uh, whoever labors that they will come and check the accuracy on shelf availability not only that it's all about the customer because Customer is losing. If you lose, the customer is uh, will, will lose also because he has a retail uh, margin and he wants to sell. So the only errand or the only benefit, it's between you and the, the, the customer. So here is the, the, the role of the customer relationship management. That's why I, I love what you said. Not investing only on on a camera or digitalization or just a 3pl how you can find better accuracy but listening to the customer is the best investment this is the and best I'll, investment.
1: I'll give you another example ahmed we are looking always to the entrepreneurs that they are mm. starting a startup <laughs> and we have a success story about entrepreneurs that started a small business and is growing very fast to the extent that uh, we talk about it as a role model mm-hmm. so if you look yani, carefully about this entrepreneur what happens? Mm. They started mm-hmm. the business and dealing with the customer directly and putting their customer yeah. on top of their mind sure. and talking to them directly, doing contracts, the owner by himself doing the contract, not giving it to someone else. Exactly. So you can see how much the entrepreneur, the successful entrepreneur, I mean, for sure, is uh, taking care of the customer. That's why that is, is a huge enabler for success. After the entrepreneurs become bigger and bigger and at the end, they cannot do the same by himself and start recruiting people and having structure and so on. If he did not push this kind of care about customers to his team, he will fail. Yeah, this is the story.
0: Uh, I see it. I see it. Exactly. It's the same story that came into my mind, why most innovations got failed, because the more core focus was not on, on the, the, the customer or the consumer. The core focus was mostly internally uh, on the organization just to fulfill some financial challenges. And when you shift this focus from a customer uh, focus into an internal organization focus, for sure the innovation will fail, Any anything will fail. Yeah, I think that, that we have another interesting question from our friend uh, Raymond. He is asking, is there still a challenge for the supply chain to support OSA due to a global COVID pandemic? The pandemic quickly changed the focus from just in time to just in case.
1: Okay, I think it's a great question, Raymond. Um, I'll be open. Where are you from? (laughs) (laughs) He's from England, I think. Challenges differ according to where are you uh, from uh, the globe? So, if we started to, to looking back about the starting of the pandemic, COVID 19, uh, at the beginning we found all of the news and uh, uh, the hard talks in US and in developed countries that they cannot find the toll paper, for example, uh, oh. on shelf and the missing products. <laughs> but if you look on the other side of the world, in developing countries, you find that you no, know, everything was okay. You find products on shelf, supply chain is running. Uh, they are taking precautions and so on, but I'm, uh, I, I I know that is not the right mm-hmm. uh, to be done, but it was a decision at the end. But if you are looking today, after around one or something year uh, mm-hmm. about the, the start of COVID-19, mm-hmm. well, everything I think can be found stable now. A lot of suppliers today, after having a huge lead time, they cannot find reefers um they dupl- duplicated prices they duplicated lead times they mm-hmm. returned back two three months back to reduce lead time again and some prices going down and so on so i think it was a challenge for sure mm-hmm. a challenge and it's not a normal situation it depends on the management decision according to the situation as you are yeah. at, uh, in a war for example there is a troops on ground and there is a management sitting uh, uh, in a control room at the end, in crisis and situation, the decision is built on the troop on ground. So it's according to decisions taking in every company. But at the end, if we're talking today, no, everything is becoming normal. Uh, everything is uh, returning back. Still, there is some traces in prices, in some part of those world, mm. times of supply and so on. But I think, any, we can say no. that we're back to normal more or less. Yeah
0: yeah just it's, it's lovely lovely summary has a if you allow me just I'll, I'll share something i keep saying this in in that pandemic because pandemic has taught us many things that uh, uh supply chain is vulnerable and everything in our life is vulnerable so the one disruption can come and uh, devastate the whole supply chain and even the whole business and even it can affect that the business continuity in, in 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 the market itself so right. i think one of the shifts that most organizations that they start to focus in it's, it's about localization because again if I'm saying that if your uh, portfolio regardless that it's material or finished good imported if you have a bigger portfolio on an SQ level which is more than let's say 50 or 60 percent so you would be in trouble that's why you you have to look into it from a risk management and how you can find alternative suppliers that's why you will find that most supply chains right now they start to find and and focus on the supplier developments and start to localize find another thing maybe they can compromise i keep saying it maybe they can compromise a little bit on their margins but they will make sure that their business continuity plan is on the way that's why we need always to focus on this point instead of just focusing on, on, on on the whole portfolio i'll focus on the imported sqs and I can identify not all the SQs, maybe I have a tons of SQs, but I will focus on the core SQs and accordingly, I'll come back, whatever, uh, where is, is it sourced and what are the SQs or the, the materials under it. And I'll go from first tier of supplier, second tier and third tier and do all of this risk assessment, because at the end of the day, as you said, that it's all about chain also is also connected till the end of OTIF, the, the till the, the, the supplier end, which is the last exactly. tier of suppliers. Yeah,
1: yeah. Exactly, yeah. so thank you for uh, saying um, um, the assortment list or the core of the core SKU or the core SKUs uh, to start talking about that. We said that we should have an assortment list to be added, even manual or uh, third party or whatever. <laughs> so at the end, yeah. how we develop this assortment list? Mm -hmm. This is a tricky point because what has come to our mind now that we're talking about the companies uh, with a global supply network and like the big multinational and so on. But I think our knowledge sharing for today is not only for this group of people Mm -hmm. because there is another side of the world with um, medium companies and local, small companies and so on that they have the passion and want to grow and so on. So if you are choosing some list or a list to be authored for USA, for example how mm-hmm. you will define this list <laughs> so the answer should be that yeah. the, the 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 list that create the value for the company exactly yeah. I, I will not decide uh, yeah. a specific, <laughs> a specific equation for for the value value uh. will differ from a company to another here you, you are in a startup position sometimes entrepreneurs that look they are not looking for a quick return for example Mm -hmm. according to their strategy they want to penetrate they want to be known and so on in this time some sqs if you look at it from another company strategy or point of view like the sqs that deliver the top and bottom line and this kind of equation we Mm -hmm. develop gross profit plus uh uh, turnover uh, so, it will not fulfill the this company or this entrepreneur uh, 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 values. So, mm-hmm. again, we need to define our core value SQs. And this definition should be triggered from our strategy and our values at the company, yeah. not from uh, a book or from other, another company uh, values. Yeah. I, mean, so I like this.
0: 100% 100% 100% because again, it's it's all about business strategy at the beginning. Yeah. And based on the business strategy, you can de aggregate this into a channel level and the product level and even segment level this this and by this way, when you identify what are the core or the valuable SQs that will take you to the strategy and to fulfill the strategy of the business, from that point, you can build accordingly backward the strategies for the supply
1: chain, which is something that most most organizations they should focus on it again and uh, i want to add something else Ahmed, we're talking about on shelf availability not in store availability again again, yeah. <laughs> we having some discussion sometimes mm. people um uh, uh, cannot find the the difference between both of them sometimes you have the product in the back store but it's not existing on shelf yeah as we explained in the our beginning of the life so mm. on shelf so it means on shelf not in in store or in the back store Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah
0: exactly because uh, it's easy from uh, uh, an ERP system or software I will see that uh, most of uh, that my products are there in the store but uh, when I when it comes to the territory sales or point of sale I I don't find that this is this kind of incremental so it means that there is something odd here outlier so maybe my own shelf availability is there so I think the connection if if the company they don't have uh this kind of awareness for their merchandisers the core focus should be there as long okay. as uh, because you you lose a lot a lot of uh, sales and top line sales i think we have our our friend odai he's asking i i will try to read this question from you he's he's asking thank you for the invitation spot on on time the disconnect between planning and execution i believe the digitization between the retailers and distributors Brand owners is the key in such activity to enable better uh, replenishment and better real-time data accordingly. How do you think such initiatives can be made to change the perception to enable better value for the retailer and distributors, where there is still lack of such initiatives? <laughs> I think it's very, 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 very interesting question. Really, Auday. So you mean the, the
1: link between uh, the digital initiatives and our yeah. benefit as a supplier company and the retailer
0: itself, am and well, and Yeah, retailer and even distributor because he spoke about uh, the uh, the digitization between the retailer and distributor and the brand owners uh, are the key, uh, uh, just the key activity to enable better replenishment and better real time data, because I think he, he, speak, he speaks about how we can uh, have this CPF or Collaboration, planning, forecasting, and replenishment with, with, with the retailer and distributor because this mislink is is, is not on the way. Especially if you're working like on an order cycle and you you don't have a replenishment system between the retailer and yes. the distributor.
1: Yes. Yeah. So, uh, from my opinion, I return back to the example uh, about the uh, the retailer that I was sitting with him in the meeting uh, uh, every year. <laughs> and he was complaining that every time we say the same words, but nothing happened. So the the action plan for that from my side was uh, 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 a CPFR forum together. Mm. So at the end, he's looking for his benefit, like the same that we are looking for our benefits. Yeah. And then there is mutual benefits that need to be extract on the table to work together to provide the benefits for both companies or both sides. Mm-hmm. So CPFR, as you mentioned, Ahmad, this was the action. So we started to develop a team from his side and from our side to have at least weekly meeting, everyday calls about what went well, what went wrong, what was your orders, what have been fulfilled, what is not fulfilled and why. It was very simple. And someone, by the way, was uh, in the company for several years back in the same mm. position and he told me ahmad i found myself in this kind of meeting because uh, i i supposed to be working in a customer service while i did not face any customers for several weeks back so to bring him to our side we need to have this kind of partnership in a real manner not any presentations only we need to have <laughs> collaborative forums mm. um, other discussion let's talk it like that we have issues yes Let's bring them to the table from our side. We have issues. I will solve it together. You have issues on yourself, on your side. Yeah. Let's work on them and so on. Yeah, yeah. The digital initiatives, as I mentioned, is an an, an investment. And there is uh, there is no one si- size fits all. Sometimes yeah. these initi- initiatives could be um, uh, on the size of uh, very big scale companies, multinational companies. And I'll give you the, the, the truth. Even in the multinational companies, this will not fulfill all the p in all regions, for example. Mm-hmm. But at the end, we are here to find the ways to solve. So I'm talking about the mid or the simple ways to solve issues without a huge investment. I
0: think so. Yeah, I like what you said because you put it into to the point seriously, because most organizations that they focus on how to digitalize, digitize everything. But when it comes to the reality, fix the fundamentals. When we have some challenge with our customers and the supplier, because at the end of the day, I, I'm, I'm thinking like that if the company or the products of the company, no one will be able to be keen about uh, the products and having this ca- kind of uh, relationship management except the company so you you as the company are leading the distributor and the retailer you are dealing with everyone so if you have a distributor it doesn't mean that he will do everything your company should be in, in, in interfered and understand what's happening with the retailer because at the end of the day, yes, distributor is here, but don't leave everything for the distributor because you have to understand what are the real challenges on the ground. Because what you you, you have touched, Ahmed, it's very interesting because most organizations that once I have a distributor, even he has a, an empire of distribution and a great experience, it doesn't mean that I will leave everything for him because my, it's, it's all about my company. So exactly. fix the fundamentals, fix the fundamentals, not only just focusing on the, the, the digitalization. Digitalization,
1: it can come when you fix the fundamentals, when we have solved all of these challenges. Imagine, imagine, Ahmed, uh, about the, the, the geography and the regions and uh, the market channels. <laughs> uh, for example, when we are talking, every, there is a mind trap that goes in, that we are talking about the shelf in Carrefour, for example, in a big retailer. Uh, everything is uh, looks a little bit standard and so on but if you're looking about modern trade globally how portion global trade is is from our FMCG business for example if we're talking about Mm. FMCG in a majority of uh, developing countries and so on it will not exceed 25 to 30 percent in some regions could be reached 50 percent. but what about the rest of the world the small groceries uh, the retail Mm. Accordingly, you need to be more focused and more specific. Could be there is some point of sales. You can invest in this kind of digitalization and to have a real time and so on, according to your portfolio, but mm. this cannot fulfill your demand in elsewhere. For example, yes, yeah. so you need to mm. understand and decide and the focus.
0: Yes, cost versus benefit. Easily cost versus benefit. Always this is the, the magic for everything. When it comes to an investment, what will be the cost that I, I will afford it and what will be the benefit for the business, either either it's tangible or non tangible. And this is very interesting one. Yes, uh, Ahmed, Qabil, he has a great question. He is asking what can be also uh, the relationship between OSA and wastage of short shelf life, fresh products. <laughs>
1: Thank you.
0: (laughs) It's very nice. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, uh, if you're talking about products like fresh products or daily products and this kind of products that they're having short shelf life, this is a big challenge, by the way. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, and we're talking specific again about shelf in a modern trade, so we find that they're not not accept less than 50% or sometimes less than 70% from shelf life so Mm -hmm. here uh, it will come the strong supply chain replenishment system and doesn't mean it's strong that it is digitalized again strong could be manual could be through uh, digitalization or integration uh, through erp to erp or manual for example but you need to understand yes there is a shelf life challenge it will affect your on-shelf availability but that's why we mentioned that you need to have Another thing, uh, a merchandiser, Mm -hmm. uh, a relationship with the customer, uh, incentivized program to the customer in this kind Mm -hmm. of products. You give them some incentives to sell uh, whatever below the agreed uh, service level from shelf life perspective. Sometimes you uh, incentivize customers to report out of shelf due to whatever reason, Mm -hmm. uh, due to expiration or near expiry and so on. So if there is a benefit for him, and uh, at the end there is a benefit for both of us, so we can manage.
0: Yeah, I like also what what you have said because it opens and triggers something in my mind that that, that especially the, the perishable products that they have a lower shelf lifetime it, it it will come into the supply chain strategy from the company when it comes to that point you feel like uh, i'll give you like an example like yogurt uh, industry like dairy industries that's why you'll find that the sourcing strategies is always in the same country in the same place near to that the customer because we need to to reduce the that, that replenishment time or the cumulative lead time from just the producing till uh, uh, having the availability on shelf that's why again it, it's, it's all about you find this kind of strategies is uh, the kind of sourcing and uh, uh, also the that I would say make to order they work on the make to order techniques that's why you were being there on the factory so you have to have available capacity in order when once you have this uh, order from the customer, you have to have available capacity because if I have uh, the not available capacity and the room of delivery of the customer is, is just uh, short, I will not be able to fulfill it and I will have a, a lost uh, uh, order from the customer side. And I think also one of the challenges we see it here in, in the marketplace, it's the retailer. The retailer puts sometimes uh, some restrictions. Uh, which is the acceptable shelf lifetime sometimes that they accept it because at the end of the day they have all their supply chain and they they have their inventory coverage so they accept that at the inbound when they have the inbound they have just let's say 60, 70, 80% from the shelf lifetime balanced in the product. So all of these should be taken into consideration. And it's all about, again, as you said, Ahmad, it's about the supply chain strategies. When you look at it, how you can make it in the right place.
1: And planning, again, Ahmad, is doing a great job on that. Because if yeah. you're um, uh, talking about short shelf life, here it comes, the lean supply chain. Yeah. So leans that you cannot provide a huge amount of stocks as we used to. We are talking about a stock that cover the lead time for replenishment. That's it in the products, yeah. for example. Mm. So you, you have you don't have the luxurious part of uh, from other <laughs> uh, kind of uh, products having a weeks of stocks, or sometimes months. <laughs> now we are taking now about days. If mm. you are talking yogurt, sometimes seven days, sometimes it's uh, fourteen days. So having one or two days stock cover mm-hmm. will be too much sometimes. Exactly. So here it comes the uh, the lean supply chain and in planning, the production run strategy will play a big role. If you imagine mm-hmm. that you have a factory that uh, having uh, eight or six SQs through uh, three to four lines. So production strategy needs to be very well defined about frequency, how much I'll produce this product this week will be mm-hmm. continued for the next week. No, it will be run only once and so on. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. focusing on production run strategy, Time. the lean supply chain, um, and uh, having the optimum num- uh, amounts of uh, stock cover, this the mm-hmm. tricky part in, a, in yeah. this kind of products.
0: It's wonderful. Yeah, it's still 100% agree. I think we have our friend uh, Shireen. It's all about customers, she's saying. Yes. our friend yeah for sure thank you so much Shreen. our friend uh ahmad musa great session thank you ahmad for being here thank you so much our friend mahmoud reda for sure great session ahmad and Hassanin. Thank, thank you me. so much uh, mahmoud uh i think our friend uh, uh, Raymond, shukran jazilan for your great knowledge, great and insightful session, insightful session. Localization looks uh, to be a major supply chain shift to UK due to. Thank you so much. Um, I think we ha- will jump quickly into the next uh, question. Okay, we will. We have this question. Okay, we ha- our friend uh, Fatima, she is asking. Great to see you, Fatima. Thank you for tuning in. Osa and the spoilage for the fresh, short-life t- uh, items. Talking here about items which one-day shelf. Any approaches? I, this is one one-day. I think it's <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. one-day item. <laughs> yeah. As we mentioned, production strategy should be built on this mm-hmm. approach. So if you have a one-day, so you need to produce this item every day. Hmm. So you need to replenish this item every day. So it's mass. There is no uh, <laughs> uh, opinions. If you have a one-day shelf life product, so you need to refill or replenish every day and produce every day.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: If you don't to... have this kind of model, by the way, you will not succeed uh, to provide... At the, all. The right. Uh, At all. Yeah. of on-shelf availability uh, <laughs> versus the waste or the spoilage of that. Yeah,
0: so planning and even sourcing the place. I think if it's one day, uh, Hassanein I think that that whatever sourcing, I'm not sure if it's how it looks like a sample to order or whatever the, 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 the product uh, behavior, how it looks like, but I think that the customer and the supplier should be in the same place when it comes to that point, or they should have a, a room of uh, lead time uh, for the ordering. So they they should raise the orders accordingly uh, before by five days six days you know, you depends on the community
1: kitchen the restaurant is chinese kitchen that there is a flex conveyor that is running beside the table <laughs> and you choose from it to eat and uh, it's uh, the model is eat what you can by the way so <laughs> you, you select what you prov- uh, you select from the conveyor and the kitchen still replenishing and the model is built on eat what, eat what you can yeah so yeah. what is happening in the kitchen they are mm. producing for every single plate that have been eaten another mm. one instead yeah. so one they found that there is a plate that it's returning back and that it's not selected and empty from, uh, mm. uh, and he will not produce it again and go for the mm. other mm. so you will find in this model for the one day uh, for example for the question mm. uh one day shelf life you will find that there is a lot of ingredients stock in the back mm. uh, background, in the the cured, background yeah. store, and you will find a very flexible processing unit or manufacturing mm. side, like a kitchen, mm. and the lead time for production should not exceed one day.
0: Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. This is the very, cure. very interesting. Yeah, it's some somehow I think like kanban uh, system. When when you are uh, you see this this place, it's uh, it's already taken or something yes. like that. You are, you need to replenish it so replenish. the customer. It's the same. Yeah, Uh, thank you. So we have our friend. We have too many questions, Ahmed. (laughs) What are uh, our friend Hamza? Thank you for tuning in Hamza. He's asking what are the most important components of the customer experience?
1: So regarding this part uh, Hamza, uh, you will find that everyone is talking about customer uh, partnership relation. So Partnership relation, this word, this is the most important part of the customer relation. Mm-hmm. Are we are dealing together as a partner or as a supplier and customer? Because mm-hmm. not every supplier and customer are partners, by the way. Yeah. So and this is not an easy relation to be built and could be uh, uh, take uh, years to be built and in days or hours Uh, could be destroyed. I'll give you an example. I was attending uh, a training in uh, UK and there was a case study. It was a fact or a real case study that happened between one of uh, the the global retailers and one of the global company with a global network as a supplier. So the relation was a partnership relation. There is a digital integration between both companies. Uh, VMI implemented. Uh, across all the stores for this chain, and so on, and what happens? In in uh, in all of a sudden, the ERP system for the supplier company was shut down due to a technical reason, mm-hmm. and there was there was no proper channel of communication between the team inside and their senior management at the side of supplier that they're having the issue. And there was no real communication, which was built on real partnership between Mm -hmm. senior management in the supplier side and the customer side. So what happens? The team on on ground that is solving the the problem was afraid to uh, express the real issues that happening on ground to their senior management. Mm -hmm. And this senior management in the supplier side was communicating what is coming from their team. So they keep saying, ERP will return back tomorrow, for example, uh, after two hours and so on. While yeah. the issue was existing for one week, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it was a disaster in the relation between both companies. By the way, and there is a penalties that happens uh, from the customer side on the supplier side. Yeah, and it returns the supplier <laughs> around ten years back in the relation.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's all about, as you said, it's strategic alliance. How yes. can you have this kind of strategic alliance with a supplier? and customer? I like what you said, because m- many, many companies or many organizations that they deal with their customer as a supplier and the customer, not like. And I remember you,
1: Ahmed, in this case, uh, forgive me for this example. Yeah. <laughs> for sure, for sure, <laughs> was was shut down, by the way. Mm. And the team there was not having any manual alternatives. <laughs> So if you remember a Tennini file. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is there. The mixer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so while I was in planning, he was having a very sophisticated Excel file. We called it Tenini, which is the dragon. Uh, he, he, he used it to uh, uh, compare it with ERP, to have the right uh, message, and to have a sanity check and so on. So if the team there, they are having a Tenini Excel file, for example, or having their manual tool to solve, business continuity plan was not existing there so it should be exactly closed. yeah this is this is agility, simple, agility
0: agility and resilience being resilient so because it doesn't mean that uh, we have the best ERP what if scenario what if what if it what if something happened and yeah. this this is the game of, of agility
1: continuity
0: plan yeah exactly I think that we have another interesting question from our friend uh, Hamza he is asking can B2B companies use the same customer experience strategies as B2C companies?
1: I don't think so. Yani. and even in B2B, every business, if I'm a supplier, for example, and I have different companies that I'm supplying, mm. my strategy will be a customer base. It, yeah. There is no, as we mentioned earlier in our presentation or in our life, that there is no one size that would fit all. So I need to be flexible and customized to the customer side if yeah. I'm in the supplier shoes. So even in B2B, there is no one strategy that can fit across. So yeah. for sure, okay. you need to customize A. according to customer profile
0: yeah i think it's 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 all about the channel strategy because b2b if if um, I'm, I'm talking about b2b i think it's all about physical distribution mostly physical distribution and uh, i would say uh, the sales representatives but the game for b2c strategies it's more into i would say e-commerce or a specific platforms that you are trying to uh, it's the channel itself uh, that connect your product with your consumer on spot. So you don't have any anything in the, the mid of, of that. So I think it's it's something somehow it's it's I wouldn't say totally different, but
1: the same okay. concept I, I, I witnessed example. I'm, I'm I was in Yani. we provide to uh, distributor as a supplier and we provide also to, to consumer directly. So mm. that is a kind of application that consumer order and Mm -hmm. we fulfill his needs in specific regions. As I mentioned at the end, this consumer is considered more or less your customer at the end because there is is no intermediate or third party in the middle.
0: Yeah.
1: So at the end, you will will need to customize the experience according to customer. In this situation, there is some consumers that behave in in a manner that you need to, at the end, make them happy. And satisfied, mm-hmm. so again, I repeat my answer there is no one size that can fit all. Oh, uh, yeah, not shell. There are, as you mentioned, two different channels this is a business and this is a customer. Mm. But even in the same channel, to be successful, my opinion is to drive and design your own uh, experience true, yeah. according okay. to customer uh, profile
0: exactly it's it's amazing and wonderful uh one ahmad uh i think we have our friend ahmad ahmad sami he's saying hello engineer ahmad our one, leader one mike the, mike <laughs>
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> great to see you, Ahmed, Sammy. Thank you for tuning in. My question, how can we measure OSA and how we can improve it? I think this is one of the most compelling question, which we need to, to close our episode with. How can we improve uh, improve OSA? Thank so you, Ahmed, how, for this kind we of question. Imagine
1: we answered it in the beginning of the, yes. the live. So now it's turned to how to improve it. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end, OSA or on-shelf availability is a measure. So it's a KPI, and KPI to be improved, first thing that you need to have uh, an alliance and um, alignment between all stakeholders about the importance and you need to have it shared across different, uh, Mm -hmm. let's say, stakeholders or or functions in in the customer side and in the supplier side. So it is not a supply chain, for example, KPI only. It is not a a sales uh, KPI only. It's uh, or, or not a supplier only uh, KPI. It's uh, a KPI that should be aligned together with all parties, supplier and customer, with this with, the, with different functions. So that's it. The second one that you need to develop uh, uh, a loss tree for, uh, like yeah. every single KPI, uh, we need to improve. So starting measure it, and then define the loss tree, and according mm. to loss tree, you need to make the proper analysis and the proof. So if we look on the common causes or losses that happens uh, in on-shelf availability, as we mentioned in the beginning of the live, that sometimes you find the products on the back store, but they are not on the shelf. So now you'll find these losses on the uh, customer side. So there is a lot of tools you need. As I mentioned, sometimes we give incentive to the customer one he maintain a specific level of uh on shelf availability so accordingly this kind of incentives will have a return on the employees or the merchandisers that are working on ground to fulfill the shelf um, sometimes uh, there is the losses is coming that there is no product on the uh, on the back store or there is the products, but uh, uh, is not stocks are not maintained well on the DRP system cool. on mm-hmm. the customer mm-hmm. side. So there, you need Phantom to have the reconciliation, as I mentioned mm-hmm. in, in the early. You need to have that, that customer service guy that is talking every day with the, the the strategic customers, reconciling with them, order arrived, how much you have on stock. Uh, this is on a manual level. If you have, you don't have this kind of digital integration. Sometimes order uh, is uh, waiting on the queue and registered from your uh, this logistics colleague that is delivered. So uh, you need to look on the logistics inefficiency or uh, delays. Sometimes delay um, five minutes registering uh, a <laughs> queue number in the application mm-hmm. for the customer will delay you uh, two days or one day replenishment on shelf. Mm-hmm. If you go back again, um, logistics the dc that uh, the fleets are taking from stocks are maintained well properly yes or no um if mm. it is uh, uh, according to the erp stock register or there is discrepancy on ground and yeah. you, you can find a lot of opportunities there order taking more time that it should be in lead time going back is it the factory producing what is needed at the the dc level or they're producing something else Due to whatever reason, and so on. This is a quick brief about uh, how we can improve
0: it. Ahmed, can I do something, please? <laughs> Ahmed, I think this is an ideal. If, if you're taking this kind of answer from a presentation or even Excel, you will not be able to say it like this, which is something okay. ideal. Thank you, Ahmed, so much again for the amazing and valuable insights from your 25 years of experience again. It was a pleasure hosting you. Uh, Again, I I owe you a lot, really, uh, especially uh, in my life and even my career. Thank you for being an inspiration leader in today and in our life. And I hope that we can host you again in another topic because I know that you have a variety of experience that should be shared with our audience today in this, in today and even in the coming period. It's a pleasure hosting you and thank you for being in the show. And also we need to thank our lovely audience who engaged today. And I'm asking everyone, please, again, if you want anything in the supply chain, if you want to have uh, something in your mind, you can go directly to Ahmed Hassanin, engage with him, ask him on LinkedIn, and he will be able to answer.
1: Thank you, Ahmed, very much. And thanks for all the audience. It was my pleasure uh, being here today. Thank you very
0: much. Thank you, Ahmed. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to our Global S&OP community podcast. We hope that you have absorbed some values from this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to be notified every week with the new episode. You can visit our website ahmedkhaled.co or ahmedkhaled.co. We believe that one word, one story or one conversation transform your life stay tuned next week with a great thought leader in s and op have a wonderful week ahead